0: Whew, if only y'all knew <laughs> the morning we just had. The trials and tribulations that <laughs> Jesus Christ was put in front of me. Oh my God, I had to go to Walmart.
2: We had to go to Walmart before noon. Uh, and by we, I mean you. But we... In my
0: sweatpants. Uh, <laughs> well,
2: there's no other way to go I to Walmart. I know, I fit right in.
0: my <laughs> God. Oh my God. <laughs> Mistakes. Ow! The way
2: that we interrupted our vacation
0: <laughs>
2: to try to figure out how to record this podcast for you—I swear to fucking God—you better leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> so we're in Vermont, in the midst of a ten-day trip. Smack dab in the middle of it, I dare smack say. Smack dab in the middle. Um, one of our microphone's cords wasn't working, so we just spent all morning, <laughs> two hours approximately, um, trying to find a different cord, going to Walmart to get a cord, got the cord at Walmart, it doesn't actually work. <laughs> And so now we're just recording on one of our microphones instead of both of them. And I just want to say, please don't tune out because the second half of this podcast is recorded on, you know, proper equipment. And we're doing the best we can to give you the intro.
0: (laughs) And it's a very funny episode. So you don't want to miss it just because of this snafu. Such
2: a funny episode. Up top, this episode is us interviewing Dave Ross. Dave Ross is a very funny comedian in LA. Um, you've seen him on uh, the James Corden's show. You've seen him on Corporate on Comedy Central. You've seen his "This Is Not Happening" set on Comedy Central. Um, you listen to his podcasts, plural. Probably, um, he's one of my dear friends, and he's so funny. The reason we're releasing this this week is because on Thursday, the day this comes out, um, we are both opening for him in Portland, Maine at Lincolns. So if you're in the Portland, Maine area and you want to see both of us do stand-up comedy and also see Dave Ross do stand-up comedy, um, then you should come. I think it's $5 at the door at Lincolns, so... Come on through. It'll be Nika's first time doing stand up in Over
0: a year, February of twenty twenty. <laughs> should be exciting. Yes. Should be interesting.
2: It'll be great. You did, you did a couple online sets. It's not like you're no, like No,
0: I did. And it's like it's like riding a bike.
2: It is like riding a bike. Yeah. Um, and we recorded this episode before the vaccine had really started rolling out. We recorded it like I don't know, January maybe. Oh, a man. long time ago. Um, so there is like a lot of talk about like quarantine and about like the vaccine as a future thing. So if that's confusing, that's why it's a, we recorded it a while ago. We record guest episodes far in advance. Yes. Um, just so y'all know, (laughs) cause sometimes they date themselves and that's why, but it's still, it's a, we mostly don't talk about topical stuff. So anyway, that's coming. And first let's do our little segments. Yes. Ah, oh, Nika, take
0: us away. Boy,
2: do you have a doozy for us <laughs> on your uh, mistakes, keepsakes, hot
0: takes. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like self edit some of this just to keep it podcast friendly. Because <laughs> um, some illegal things were involved, possibly. Yeah. Um,
2: also, just leave names out. I yeah, guess. no, yeah.
0: for sure. <laughs> um, so yes, my mistake is that this week I got into a blowout fight, which Please happened swear. to be, which happened to be my first fight with one of my best friends.
2: Which is very funny because last week's episode, we were like, who's going to get in a fight on this trip? And we did not think it was going to be Nika,
0: but here we go. No, and if you don't know me, IRL, then you don't know that I am pretty conflict avoidant, so I hate fighting with people. Um, so this was not fun Anyway. The mistake was, was that this very close friend did something that I found particularly triggering, and instead of just saying, hey, I found that triggering, let's talk about it, mind you, we were on a boat, so there was really nowhere to go either. (laughs) It was a bougie mistake. It was a bougie mistake. (laughs) Um, Instead of just, you know, being like an adult woman, the adult woman that I am, and talking to my friend with love and care... I decided to revert back to my 21-year-old self and just did something that I knew would also trigger him just as much, but I didn't realize how much it would trigger him, so then it became a really, really, really big fight, Um, truly one for the books.
2: Like... Big.
0: Like big fight. <laughs> like friendship, almost friendship ending.
2: Yeah, in the middle of a group trip with in the middle a of bunch of other trip. people there. Um, um including myself. Yeah. And I. It,
0: it was not fun for anyone involved. Um,
2: also it wasn't me.
0: Yeah, no, it was not on, on <laughs> was this the,
2: particular friend, imagine him just sitting right here in yeah. front of
0: you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you wanna come in? <laughs> Tell your side. Um, <laughs> and that's who this week's
0: guest is. <laughs> Come on through. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my mistake. My mistake was just being immature and petty. And um, yeah, don't be immature and petty with your friends. Yeah. You know, communicate with them even when you feel like they are making you want to jump off of a boat. Yeah. Without but a also- jacket
2: on. <laughs> but also to be fair to everyone both you and the other person it was like a petty feedback loop like totally. you, it's not like you were dealing with somebody who was like handling it in a like completely evolved yeah. way totally um and that was for the rest of us what was frustrating to watch about it. We were like, y'all are both just being petty right now, and you could just talk to each other because you love each other yeah, but um but that ended up happening I, I, I like truly want to write a movie scene of that that moment uh, when we were all in the river yes we were all like swimming in this idyllic, beautiful uh, moment in Vermont, and there's like other people on the shore and at one like at a certain point, literally All six people on our trip were yelling Uh at each other in some capacity (laughs) about this fight. (laughs) And I was like, well, the people that are here right now don't need to tune in for their soap operas this week. They
0: got their drama fixed. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that was a mistake. That river was next to a bridge. It was.
2: And we decided to call that chapter of this trip water under the bridge (laughs) shout out to jesse who came up with that joke
0: (laughs) um okay so then my keepsake is obviously being on this trip but i guess you know to attach it to the mistake would be um making up with my best friend um and you know the conversation that we had and just being able to move past that because i mean i don't know fighting with your friend like fighting in any relationship is an important part of being in a relationship that you want to like be in for the long haul um like being able to handle conflict with people that you love yeah so the fact that we were able to get out of it like you know it's annoying that it went on for nearly two days but the fact that we were able to get out of it rather than it going on longer than that was nice yeah um and like having our friends around us supporting both of us and getting us to actually talk and get over it was nice so that would be the keepsake Also, Um,
2: what's literally in your hands right now is a a physical keepsake for this
0: trip. Physical keepsake for this trip (laughs) is Luis Lama. Um, He's a llama that I bought. He's not a real, don't tell him this, but he's not a real llama. (laughs) But I bought him at a store in Burlington (laughs) yesterday. um, And he is now my child. Check out Nika's Instagram if you want to see her newborn. I want to see Luis Lama. I was not a stuffed animal person as a child, so I am now as an adult. Yeah. Which is I think but... we
2: should be naming this um, Elisa Llama. <laughs> 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 but there's already an Elisa in our lives. Uh-huh. Hi, Elisa. Thanks for editing this. <laughs> um, uh, and your hot, spicy hot take. My
0: spicy hot take is that there are way too many USB cords <laughs> out there in the world, specifically at Walmart. <laughs> and you don't need that many for anything at all and it's like there are so many for the same thing like there are like 15 different kind of samsung usb chargers and adapters but not the fucking thing that i needed for the microphone yeah i just think it's excessive i think we have too much choice in this country,
2: <laughs> socialism two is the only way to go. only way to go. I there want be... all the same cans of tomatoes on the shelves. There should and be I want three all the same cords. Yeah,
0: yeah. At, at, at most, three options of everything that you want. That's it. We don't need more than that. It's excessive. And then you, you don't get what you want.
2: All phones and all computers should be able to be charged with the same cords. Yes, I agree with that. And yeah, there shouldn't be more than like two different types of USB cords honestly one is fine
0: yes
2: (laughs) our our cord situation with these microphones today has really um radicalized us (laughs) (laughs) i was on the fence about communism before but now i'm starting to i'm starting to lack (laughs) what i see um, okay. Oh, sorry
0: for coughing, y'all. I have the gay cold. We have
2: the gay cold, which is the most inclusive pride has ever been. <laughs> a trans woman and a bisexual got the gay cold. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't invited to any of their events, but we got their cold. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. My mistake this week. Um, well, I mean, I definitely let that fight get to me more than it should have which kind of ties into like a greater mistake which I'm just kind of like still working through and processing and trying to resolve before the trip is over not that it's like it's ruined the trip or anything but I'm definitely like because we're staying at like my house in my state and I'm the one like kind of deciding what we all do and guiding the trip. I'm, like, taking everything on as my own responsibility, Mm -hmm. even down to everyone's individual feelings, Mm -hmm. which is, like, not something any person can or should take on. Um, There's literally, like, nothing to be done about that kind of stuff. Unless you're the reason you, like, someone's feelings are hurt, obviously. But that isn't the case. So that fight... I really took on as like my own problem a little bit which ended up kind of helping resolve the fight because when I got involved that's when shit finally started to not be petty anymore but it's still not like a good habit to get into of um, this trip or relationships generally which is just like you know internalizing other people's problems as your own problems doesn't help really anybody in most cases despite it despite it helping people in this case yeah <laughs> um but you know like for everyone else on this trip it's just a matter of like oh like where do we want to go today or like what do we want to do or like i don't feel like doing that or like i'm i'm hungry for this and it's like just very much like kind of personal preferences and for me it's like six people's preferences inside of me and i don't It's making me not enjoy the trip as much as I could. Don't get me wrong. I'm still having a great time. But I'm just like, I got to snap out of that, like, codependent mindset. Um, So that's my mistake. Not a big one, but just one to keep an eye on. And I'm still having, like, truly the best time. My keepsake is, yeah, this trip is... It's been really special. I honestly think that like that fight made us all closer. <laughs> I do
0: too.
2: Um, yeah. So I hate to like make that emotional roller coaster a keepsake, but the results of it have been nice. Um, and yeah, it's just nice to spend time with um, our friends that we haven't seen since our camping trip in May, and yes. to see my family who I haven't seen since last summer. And it's just a yeah, it's a nice time. Um, I'm like, do I have a physical keepsake from this trip yet? I guess <laughs> I don't. I guess I don't really need, like, souvenirs. Well, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I have a fucking enormous uh-huh. bruise on my thigh, which I'm convinced is from, like, one of the people here biting me at some point. <laughs> it's a problem with our group of friends. <laughs> We're putting our mouths all over each other too often. We don't know what... We don't know what's going to happen. We have no regard for the consequences. <laughs> and it truly looks like um, I've been sexually assaulted. It's a huge bruise on my inner thigh. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> um, yeah, so my keepsake is this bruise that I'm probably going to have for the rest of my life. I'm going to get it tattooed. Um... <clears throat> Let's see my hot take that I just had oh my hot take <laughs> this is no shade to the our our boys on this trip, but it's what we talked about yesterday, which is that like we give queer men a lot of leeway as if they're not guilty of a lot of the shit that straight men do uh, snap snaps <laughs> and I just think that if you are a man, you should really check in with how you're communicating. With the women around you, um, there's a lot of policing of emotions that I think Mm -hmm. people don't even really realize they're doing. And it is... I don't know. It's just a bummer, you know? Like, there's so much of, like... I don't know. Whenever someone's talking about problematic male behavior, they're they're like cis, white, straight men, and it's like I don't know if we need all those qualifiers. Yeah, no, just men. <laughs> yeah. right to
0: all of it's you, it's the same
2: thing with like you know whiteness. You yeah. know, like I I agree with and believe in the like that white women should not be getting so much slack when True. we're talking about what white <laughs> men do. I think men in general should not be like getting so much slack when we're talking about what like straight men do. Of course, straight men do it to the other men as well. Like they're at that top of the condescending food chain. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> the rest of us are getting that runoff, and yeah, it's just a bummer. Um, I'm loving this trip, but I'm missing my girlies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that.
2: Love you, boys if you're listening to this or through the wall, because these
0: walls are thin. But. I
2: love you. <laughs> love you. Um, anyway, that's my hot take. Um, and yeah, it's obviously something that it's not like no women are guilty of like policing each other or being condescending to each other or being condescending or policing to the men around them. I'm not trying to like be like, I am nothing but the victim But there have been a few times that I've been told not to raise my voice.
0: (laughs) And we don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll raise it all I want. (laughs) You think that's raising my voice? My God. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you should see me when I'm actually yelling (laughs) sweetcakes. Oh, Lord. Anyway, um, fuck up of the week. Fuck up of the week. Boy, are we back to talk about Free Britney Britney, this week, y'all. Okay, first of all, also, that's, like, a keepsake of mine, (laughs) even though it's something that a celebrity I'll never meet or know. Um, Hey, never say that. Just getting to hear her finally, like, tell at least part of her side of the story yeah. was just, like, really, really nice. Um, I hate that at that Pride party we went to in New York before we left for Vermont, somebody tried to tell me that she sounded manic in yeah, that I'm testimony. Yeah, like, baby, you
0: sound manic all the time. Because <laughs> the drink
2: gang. <Diane." laughs> yeah. I'm sorry she sounds manic while she's literally pleading for her freedom And while she's probably also,
0: like, trying to cycle off of meds that she was forced onto. Yeah, but also,
2: like, it's nerve-wracking to talk to a judge. Totally, I'm just saying, like,
0: also, yeah, you're gonna sound manic when you've been forced to be on fucking lithium, which does irrevocable change to your brain. Totally. Um, Ugh, I love her. I'm so glad that she is... Hopefully, like,
2: in the first steps of getting out of this thing. Yeah,
0: I mean, so her lawyer, uh, Sam Ingham, last night at, like, 11.30 p.m., it was reported that he had prepared the paperwork to file to terminate the conservatorship, but Hmm. it hadn't been filed yet. Word. So it's likely going to be filed today or tomorrow or by the end of the week. So that's exciting.
2: Yeah, the fuck-up being...
0: Yeah, the fuck-up being... Jamie Lynn, Lynn and Kevin, Federline, Kevin Federline,
2: and their, like, statements about it.
0: Jamie um, Lynn Spears, go fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> Kevin um, Federline, go, go fuck, fuck yourself.
0: yourself. Especially you, Jamie, though. That was the most ridiculous. If y'all haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's on her Instagram. She did an Instagram story, and I'm pretty sure it's in her highlights. If not, you can find it on Twitter. But it's, like, two minutes and 18 seconds of her beating around the bush, apologize or uh, not even apologizing, saying that she supports her sister, but just really, uh, like, comparing, uh, basically does, all, makes a lot of statements where she's like, if my sister wants to, and the conservatorship, or fly to Mars, I don't care. <laughs> like, lots of, like, false equivalencies that are, like, really dehumanizing. It's like, and- actually
2: flying to Mars is, like... A hard like unrealistic thing to do and ending yeah. this conservatorship
0: is like Or like another thing that she says is like and if she if she wants to be uh, a fairy princess in the woods and run off and have a thousand babies, I support her.
2: Honestly, I also support her if she wants to be a fairy in the woods with yes, us. Come join too. the radical fairies, oh god, Brittany. Um,
0: <laughs> Although
2: yeah. a lot of those gays would be pretty <laughs> annoying to you, I think. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it was <laughs> it Including
2: was, me. <laughs> it oh was my a, god, you changed my life.
0: <laughs> it was a pretty disgusting um statement. And Kevin Federline (laughs) is just disgusting, always. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, Kevin Federline, I didn't actually read the whole statement, you just, like, relate it to me, but, like, it's just annoying that he... Both of them made it out to be, like, they support her leaving the conservatorship without actually supporting the means by which she wants to do it and the reasons she wants to do it, and also just acting like it's, like, I mean, sure, if that's what she wants. Like, yeah. as if it's, like, a decision to move to a different state or something. Like, yeah. well, I'll love her no matter what. If, the, if she wants to go to Utah, it's like, no, this is, like, a huge deal that you should see objectively. She should be getting out of it. And her. they
0: clearly can't because they're both having checks cut for them. Yeah. Or, presumably. I mean, no, definitely, like, definitely, oh, ja- definitely, Jamie definitely with Jamie Lynn. Yeah, and definitely with Kevin Federline. Yeah, I, mean, I $20,000 I mean, a month in child support yeah. for these Spears. So, I'm like, you need $20,000 a month.
2: Meanwhile, she's get, she's getting two, two thousand dollars a week. week. I'm like, how am I making the same amount of money as Britney <laughs> Spears? Tell me that.
0: Yeah. So, death, uh, death the fuck up. Yeah. Of the week.
2: Um, and <sighs> honorable mention to climate change. Don't want to get too into it because we want to. We're trying to not spiral today. Yes, but no, there's some serious shit going on <laughs> in regards to the planet crumbling around us, and um, you know, just like vote for people who care about that even a little bit.
0: And that's why I wanna be famous. Uh, <laughs> for the fix world it. ends. I'll, I
2: wanna be Leonardo DiCaprio. I wanna be famous and then just dedicate my whole life to f- saving the world, but it's like, well you're still just like dating twenty year olds and getting drunk all the time. And also but... like
0: supporting the worst candidates.
2: Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he thinks that he's saving the world and I love that for him.
0: I'm like mm-hmm mm mm-hmm, I'm the private <sighs> jet. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Britney Spears is the only person allowed to have, have a, a private, private jet. jet. Uh, it's how she deals with trauma. <laughs> if Britney Spears wants to fucking ruin the planet, that is her right. That uh, is her right. We we owe her. Her. Uh, the whole planet does. <laughs> we owe her.
2: That's <laughs> she, my other hot take, is that everybody in this world owes Britney Spears... Something. Something. She changed...
0: Everyone's life. She
2: changed everyone's life. She changed the landscape of pop music. And we don't even have the decency to help her get out of this prisoner situation she's in. She wants to get on a private jet. She can get on a private jet. Miley Cyrus, Kylie Jenner, Leonardo DiCaprio. Just go into first class,
0: please. And uh, just, like, shout out to the internet sleuths who started this movement two years ago. I mean, y'all are psychotic. Oh, my God. If it weren't for y'all, we would not... This wouldn't even be on the map.
2: Yeah. um, One of them is my Twitter mutual, Babs. Shout out to Babs Gray. Um, Who's the other one? Hold on. I want to actually give them. Um, Tess Barker and Babs Gray, thank you for your podcast, Brittany's Graham. That really brought this to the forefront. I um, I know I have a lot of mutual friends with both of them in LA, and I would love to really shake their hand and thank them in person one day. But thank you for your service. <laughs> Nothing but respect for our Brittany troops. Nothing um, but respect. And Brittany, if you want to come on the pod one day. <laughs> Brittany, come on the pod. Brittany, come on the pod. Um, okay, well, come see us in Portland. Yes,
0: come see us. Anna Kendrick, if you're visiting your hometown, come <laughs> to the show.
2: Um, um, and to reiterate, Thursday, July 1st, pay your rent then come on over to the show. (laughs) Just kidding. If your landlord is anything like mine, pay your rent on like the (laughs) fifth. Really just let yourself see that money in your checking account just a
0: couple days longer before you let go of it. Don't pay your rent. Come buy us drinks and stay. Yeah. uh... Come come
2: pay your respects to the best mistakes troops (laughs) um, at Lincoln's. In Portland, Maine, we're opening for Dave Ross. I'm pretty sure it's five dollars, but if it's it's not much more. If it's more than that, yeah, I think I also saw that it's five dollars. Yeah, and um, if you're listening to this in the future. Just kind of stay tuned, you know? We might
0: be doing some shows in New York soon. Who knows? Who knows? Anya might be doing shows in New no, York No, I soon. mean, we... <laughs> I know, I'm joking. I know, I know. Nika, <laughs> uh, unless you have
2: something you, got, you want to tell me about how you don't want to run a show together anymore. <laughs> my God. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, no. Sorry, I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about that. Oh, no. Of course, yeah. Also, you're going to be booked and busy of no time. We're... I know.
2: It was Pride Month. What were we supposed to do? What Work? I hope no, not. Oh,
0: my God.
2: Okay. Um... Our friends are all awake now because it took us two
0: hours to start
2: recording. So but I mean, we... it
0: usually takes them two hours each to get out the door. I know. So the, it's I fine. bet we're
2: about to go out there and they haven't even started getting ready to leave. I'm
0: sure they have not. <laughs> <laughs> chop, chop. chop. <laughs>
2: Love y'all. Love y'all. Um, okay. The audio is about to get real nice. Much better. So thanks for mm-hmm. sticking around for this one mic situation we did. Um, and tune in next week.
0: Yes. Love you. Bye Welcome
2: to the podcast, Dave Ross. How are you doing? (laughs)
1: Uh, You know, uh, I'm fine. Uh, I'm having a, I'll just be honest, I'm having a bad day. And uh, (laughs) I just wish I didn't have to say that, but I just do. Uh, It's a weird thing with the pandemic. I guess it's not weird, but like, I can't really call it. But one out of every five or six days, I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of a baby. And uh, (laughs) I don't mean depressed. I mean, I'm a baby. I'm like, that's the type of, I think it's because it's been a year of frustration. And like, you know, I like, I don't like, I have depression. I deal with depression and anxiety and I react to it in depressive ways by like holding up and being alone and um, just like, you know, trying to like, make tv fix it or i'll like sometimes i'll try to fix it by getting really fucking wasted or whatever but i think it's because so that's not how i so i know that this isn't depression it's like this extra quarantine thing where i i turn into this like child and my girlfriend is just like do you want uh some food and I'm like no, <laughs> like I, I'm just pissed off. I'm just like pissed. And you um, a
2: lollipop.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's funny. <laughs> it's like uh, and I think it's because it's for no possible discernible reason or I don't know. I, I, uh, and I say this just because I, I, I think that if I didn't say it at the beginning of the show, then I would have been a baby on the show. So, yeah, you gotta just get it out. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe I'm not a baby. Maybe I'm being hard on myself. But I guess, I guess it's just like the feeling of being inside and being okay. Like, I'm so much Hmm. better off than, than so many people in this situation. You know, I have a roof over my head. I have a girlfriend that is crazy about me and I'm crazy about her. That's great. Uh, I can afford Brag. things. I have enough food. You know what I mean. And uh, that's the fucked up thing is that I'm fine in all the ways. And I, and I but it's also quarantine, so I'm just like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, and I think I'm pissed at myself for having that privilege and still having the like mental bullshit of it. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm having one of those it. days, but I'm of course. If you didn't get
0: it, that would be wild. That- <laughs> I don't get it personally. <laughs> I'm just starting to actually buying. having a
2: great time. Yeah. I feel
0: grateful every day when I wake up. <laughs>
2: I wake up and I say, thank you, Lord, for this day. I'm going to make mm-hmm. the most out of it. And then I do that. So I don't know what your problem is, Dave. <laughs> I but. sleep no. on a firm
0: mattress on the floor and I
1: pray every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed amongst your comedian friends, I've noticed my roommate and I do this. And, uh, you know, he's like the comedian that I see in person. But um, my my girlfriend has pointed out, she's not a comic. And she's pointed out that uh, like numerous, she'll hear me on Zooms like this uh this this will happen when i talk to other comedians too they aren't just my roommate uh and so i've like been trying to pay attention and it it's real like i f- i find conversations with comedians in quarantine are are two people performing at each other
2: yes 100%
1: and it's awful it's like <laughs> it's like not okay it's literally and you can see it chris and i will be talking and i'll be listening to him and then i'll like I'll go, yeah, uh uh-huh, or I'll say, and then he'll just, like, bowl over what I, me, like, trying to include myself in our discussion because he has this, like, prepared statement he's come up with (laughs) that had to do with the fact that we need to clean the fucking kitchen or something. And Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, we need to clean it because of this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. And he's like, because, you know, and I'm like, ah, I have to hear the (laughs) sentence that he wanted to say. And I do the same thing. It's not a complaint. It's, uh, I, I don't know if he's noticed it, but I've noticed we, like, write... I think it's, we're so used to having uh, material that we recite. So now our material is just like the stuff we say about life. It sucks. 100%. We're terrible people. I was
2: talking to a friend and not in a podcast format. So there was like no reason to be like performing, you know, we were just talking and he said something really funny and I was like, laughing really hard and i was like oh dude you have to make that into a bit and he was like oh yeah it it is (laughs) and i was like well don't fucking squeeze it into conversation then you fucking dick
1: that's so lame
2: (laughs) but it was was very funny who the fuck was that (laughs) i'm not uh at
0: liberty to say i'm not at liberty to
2: say um but i will i don't you don't know them anyway dave so it's okay yeah well positive not yet
1: I want to know when
2: you, you want to be prepared for when you come across this person in the wild one day. Anya,
1: oh, you're fucking, oh, I've heard of you. (laughs) (laughs) Anya told me about you. So Um, Dave, um, what's
2: your, what's your relationship with mistakes?
1: Generally speaking. I would imagine my relationship with mistakes is the same as everybody. I've made uh, so many, it's insane that I'm still alive. In the sense that, like, a couple of them could have killed me, and the rest of them make me want to kill myself. And, uh, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I also think, uh, I wouldn't be myself without them, and I'm grateful for them, you know? And I was like thinking about doing the show, uh, uh, like thinking about what I might talk about on the show. And it's funny, like, I'm, um, we'll see how accurate this is. I'm in in this, uh, place with regard to my own comedy lately that's different, um, than I've been for a long time. I was like actively very vulnerable in my comedy, in my writing and in performing. Uh, I wanted to like I, I've for some reason I got really comfortable opening up when I was in my early 20s. And I think it's because I have such bad anxiety like i have bad depression too but the anxiety is the the one that is the reason for this i have such bad anxiety i can't control it and i had to just start telling people and so i just started doing that and i got really comfortable doing it so then when i started stand up uh it sort of felt like sort of a duty like i could help people by revealing the more fucked up parts of me and the darker parts of me and so i've gone through comedy i've been doing it like I guess 12 years now, I don't think we should count this last year, but I, uh, uh, 12 years and, uh, and the first decade, it was just like being very vulnerable as that decade moved on. I got like, I realized more and more that I like dumb comedy more than anything else. And I'm getting stupider and stupider while still being vulnerable, (laughs) but I've been so vulnerable and I'm telling you, like, like. I I've done shows where I told the crowd things I'm deeply ashamed of like mm-hmm. being being a f- like here's one that I'm still pretty ashamed of that I'm getting more comfortable with cuz I'm older and also probably because this fear is is softening um maybe even going away entirely but um I was super afraid of fistfights for a really long time and uh like to, and I, that's embarrassing to me because of how many men I know that are just down like all the time <laughs> to just punch you and get punched. And I'm, I for a long time I was like, nah. and I like would never tell anyone that because it was so scary for me to admit. And I would I, I've said that it shows I've said other things like dark parts of my psyche that I think a lot of people wouldn't share. And my point in saying all this is it's an interesting time that I'm doing this podcast now because I don't want to do that anymore. It's either cuz I'm tired of it or I don't think it's effective or it doesn't matter or maybe I just like dumb comedy and I maybe I want to have my own personal life to myself. But I like if you caught me a year ago, this would have been like, "Oh, I'll oh. tell you a mistake I made." <laughs> 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 and I and um and I don't want to do that. So I like, you know, I just this is me saying like I obviously have made a ton of mistakes. A lot of them are my fault. A lot of the stories I could tell, I'm the villain, but I'm not going to tell a story like that today. I, uh, I'm going to tell a story in which Alabama is the villain.
2: Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Fuck
1: Alabama. Um, we
2: will, I mean, we're we absolutely dying to hear about how Alabama is the villain once again. Right. The uh, ongoing villain.
1: No, the first time ever. They, they were mean to me and I was the first one they were mean to.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're special. It's Sorry, not really Alabama.
1: To... It's more stand up comedy. But, um, but
0: yeah. Stand up know. comedy well, is your first mistake doing stand up comedy in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, right. Well,
1: yes and no. I mean,
0: <laughs> you'll see. I
1: mean, that is if you want to talk about that, obviously. But that was the one, like, Mistake I could think of that didn't have to do with... uh... You
2: being a piece of shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, trust me, we get it. I mean, we, like, signed up for a podcast uh, where we divulge mistakes every episode. Yeah. And I'm already coming up against a wall of, like, how much do I want to, like just keep airing what an asshole i am right totally <laughs> so we're, we are getting we are i i would say we found an uh we're starting to find a nice um sweet spot with being dumb and vulnerable kind of like what you were just saying we're pretty dumb on this podcast
0: yeah i'm a fucking idiot but... <laughs> we're not 100 right. i don't have any thoughts yeah and
2: we're not 100 percent airing shames
1: I'll say too, I'll never, I like both. I I, I have an EP coming out next year and it's called Vulnerable Idiot for this reason. And that's all I want to be is a vulnerable idiot. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, same. And probably, I don't know. I think the reason I gave that little speech I just gave is that I didn't want to just not, just like go into a dumb mistake story and then have someone hear me talk and be like, Does that dude think he's never done anything wrong?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. That's okay. Like, a lot of this podcast is dumb mistakes sure our our like mistake from history that we opened with is ashley simpson lip-syncing on saturday night live if that gives you an idea of like the caliber of mistakes we're going for so don't you worry about this is not
0: like a new york times yeah we're not
2: trying to to gotcha (laughs)
0: podcast
2: we're just trying to have a good time and acknowledge that we're all fuck-ups you know wonderful um so we're just gonna open with a quick segment. We do this. Um, we do our version of this in, in the intro, but we want to hear your version. Great. It's called um, Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot and hot takes. Takes. "Mistakes,
0: Keepsakes, and Hot Takes."
1: Ooh! Um, I like the rhyming
0: That's how you you. know it's a
1: segment Because it rhymes
2: (laughs) (laughs) So just from this week And it can be as trivial or as big As you want it to be What's a mistake you made this week What's a keepsake that you're going to take with you Like a triumph, a a small victory And then a hot take From this week
1: Wow, Um, holy shit
2: You can start with with Whichever one speaks to you most
1: So I can tell you a mistake I made this week is like so I um I have two two podcasts and uh, (laughs) I also have uh, I basically have three because I have a Patreon where I do bonus episodes of my podcast but that's. The bonus episodes are just me talking for thirty minutes. Um, and that's obviously different than a podcast in which you interview people. So I have three podcasts <laughs> and the and the uh, the Patreon one of just me talking, i um I feel, you know, because people subscribe to my Patreon, I feel uh, beholden to them with good reason. I, I literally am. They pay me for content. And um the promise is a bonus episode every week. And the, the thing is, though, that I really I'm oddly good at just talking alone in a room for 30 minutes. And that scares <laughs> me a little. That's kind of bad that I don't need any stimulus in order to speak. Um, or so I thought that was pretty good about it. I started doing this um, like a month into quarantine. And uh, and it turns out, though, that I, I do need something in my brain and I need to not feel that bad. And I've been in a bad emotional place this week. But I felt beholden to uh, my Patreon subscribers. So I recorded two bonus episodes because I had been procrastinating and delaying. So I recorded one at the beginning of the week and one like a day or two ago to catch up. And they sucked. I had nothing. And I had to like keep stopping and being like, what am I even talking about? And then like start re-recording. And then like I ended up just... Like, like I said, I've been so open about my mental health and my emotionality that that uh, like some of the people that are fans of mine, if not most of them, are here for that, and so I do mm-hmm. feel. Just feel sort of comfortable just talking about that but it just ended up being a podcast where I'm like, guys, I'm sorry, I don't know I can't <laughs> uh, this is bad. I feel sad the depression is eating me alive. I don't know what to <laughs> talk about and so I just the mistake is like I did work when I wasn't in the state of mind to do work and then I made it bad and it just made me sadder. <laughs> and then I had to like just take a full-blown day off to uh, <laughs> to recover. So your fans
2: paid you for your therapy, is what you're saying? Yeah,
1: exact. <laughs> that is that <laughs> describes stand up comedy perfectly.
2: Yeah, uh, other, than the, say that. other than the payment part, these days, I will say. But, oh,
1: sure. And a but lot the of the Patreon, other days. you
2: got paid in a lot of
1: other days. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but um. And I'll also yeah, say,
1: well, in that same breath, uh, the keepsake is as a result of that. Is I got like a bunch of messages from fans that are like, "Hey, man, mm-hmm. I love your album. I love your podcast." You're all good. We have bad weeks. I still liked the episode. You're great. We love you. Like, uh, yeah. So I uh, like
2: a little, a slightly public meltdown to get the kind words that you needed. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) What's funny
1: too, is that I don't even know if, if they necessarily even recognized it. It was like, it was mostly just like the messages. What I'm saying is I would have thought the messages would be like, Hey buddy, Listen, <laughs> here's several paragraphs about why you shouldn't kill yourself. Cuz I thought from my perspective it was really bad, but they were all like, "Hey, it's great." Also, and then they had some commentary on a dumb thing I did in the show and like that's a funny thing to me. Like whenever I feel like I'm losing it or I'm like so obviously having a bad time, nobody nobody seems to really pick up on it and there are plenty of other times where I don't think I'm having a meltdown and everyone's like are you okay <laughs> yeah. like have you ever had a good set and I once crushed at my old show holy fuck had the best set and I was having a quote meltdown but I was just getting really worked up and leaning into it and I'll never forget mm-hmm. Paul J, a friend of mine came up to me and was like hey man are you okay and I was like dude i murdered I'm great
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is like the best night of my life it's the equivalent of people asking you if you're tired when you're like feeling fine. You're like, totally. uh, no,
1: <laughs> but no, why just ugly.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just
2: unwell, I guess. Um, what about your hot take?
1: Oh Wow. Um, I'll say, by the way, something cool that's happened to me in quarantine. I've always been bad with takes. I don't like, uh, it's one of the reasons I hate Twitter because I feel so fragile about my opinions on things that if anyone <laughs> says anything, I'm like, ah, whatever you say. And, <laughs> and uh, that has changed in quarantine. I've like, I don't know if it's like anger at the government or anger at another part of the government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just so mad at the mayor and cops and just, I'm so fucking mad that I like don't care, I guess. But, um,. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I will say I have noticed that as your friend, that you're like much more, you're putting your like opinion out there more, and I'm like here for it. Oh, great. That's cool. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's another. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, something is evolving with how I interact with comedy in the world. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but, uh, this is part of it. The thing is, though, that I don't know if I have a take that's that hot. I just, it I does, like it can
2: be a lukewarm take if you want.
1: You know what? I, I will say this. I um I'm trying to think of of a, a take that maybe other people wouldn't have shared. I I I was watching, you know, um, Joe Biden's. Uh, cavalcade of cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) This weird, like, live showcase show of everybody who's in the government now, which has never happened before in my (laughs) lifetime. And just like, can you believe it? There's an energy secretary. And like, I appreciate the diversity side of it, obviously. And I am interested in knowing that we have a real government. So maybe that's why he's doing it. Maybe he's... But like every other president in the past has never been like, (laughs) I'm going to one by one introduce the entire world to everyone I've appointed. I would much rather than like hearing about I did want to hear the secretary of the interior, the, the Native American woman. I really wanted to hear from her because that's just so fucking interesting, you know, but everyone else like, you know, some like old lady with a New York accent who's like, climate change is real. Like, I don't we know that uh, I just I wish that every single one of them would have gone up and said, um, I'm only going to make six hundred dollars next year. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about anything. And even we were saying I just wanted all of them to go up there and say something about how fucked up money was. And that's my hot take. Like, don't talk about anything else until we talk about poor people not being poor anymore. Yeah. Uh, And this is why I think my opinions are coming out. It's like, I'm just so angry. We just are so... I I remember being twelve and hating capitalism and just writing poetry about it in high school. You know what I mean? I just remember being like, "Yeah, I'll get them." And I fucking didn't even. Some middle class kid, I was want for nothing. Everything was fine except for the fact that I wanted to die, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, um, and I was yelling about it. And now it just feels so real. And so yeah, yeah. My my hot take is is somebody do something.
2: That's a, I think, honestly, a brilliant hot take.
0: Presidential slogan. Yeah, somebody
2: do something. Dave Ross, twenty twenty four. Somebody do something.
1: Anyone do anything would be great. And it's just, it is sort of interesting to be like, yeah, I'm glad that that uh, Black Lives Matter and the movement for Black Lives held Biden to having a diverse cabinet, and I'm glad he has a diverse cabinet, and I think it really matters. But I don't think anything's a priority until we figure out people not dying from this disease and people not being fucking hungry. You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah.
1: oh, I'm so upset. I, I can cry. <laughs> I'm just so upset. I mean, people are same. You walk around L.A. I love L.A. I love it here. It's home. And that uh, we've always had a really bad housing problem. The um, housing and, uh, and like the residential situation, just in general it has been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But now like Echo Park Lake, which is a beautiful place to hang out, there are always some people without housing there, like some tents here and there. And uh and that's just how it is. It sucks. I don't like it. I wish I could take it away, but that's how it's been. Now, mm-hmm. there are where there were 4 tents, there are 150. Oh my god. It is Fuck. just like If I saw Eric Garcetti, I would be like, fuck you. I just like wouldn't even be able to hold. I would just start screaming at him. There were homes that were set for renovation and demolition by the transit authority, I think. And um, in our COVID induced housing crisis, families were living there and they fucking. They just started raiding those homes and ripping people out. And then not doing anything with the fuck. Just let them live there. (laughs) What the fuck? I just can't imagine thinking that way. I just can't imagine. There's nothing you could do to put me into their brain and understand it.
2: It's like the, I mean, (laughs) putting boulders under those bridges so that people can't sleep under bridges. It's just like, what are you doing with this space? It's just for boulders now. Why can't it be for people? (laughs) Like you're just not going to give people homes.
1: You're just a little shitty baby is what you are. <laughs> Man, it's driving me insane. And that's that type of attitude like boulders under under overpasses. That's that generation. That's what they do. They take it all personally. They're all hippies and they cared. They cared about the Vietnam war. They cared about civil rights and then they fucking got families, moved to the suburbs, and became stockbrokers or whatever they fucking did, and they needed to hang on to their liberalism, and the way they did that was they joined the Democratic Party, and it worked for a while because they cared about gay rights and things that were fights worth having, Uh, but what they didn't notice was our economic system just fucking crumbling and their children not being able to even have a chance at having the life that they had. They did nothing about it, and here we are, and they're like, why do you hate us? Because you fucking didn't (laughs) do anything.
0: Ugh. It's like a team sport for them. I honestly feel like I'm watching people get angry about like the yeah. World Series. It's like the Yankees versus the Red Sox. It's insane. They,
1: how do you. I'm telling you that I agree with you politically. How are you mad at me for not being in your party? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't.
2: Like, we're fighting I the same fight. More. And all that matters to you is that I don't have a Yankees hat on. Well, that's the yeah. thing
0: is that we're not really fighting the same fight. Right, anymore. exactly. No, and we're we're that It's that right. liberals especially older liberals don't want to admit that they're not fighting the same fight as us because if they did, they would go insane realizing how much they have molted over time into being someone they probably would have hated when they were like 30. Yeah, (laughs) I also love too that like our parents and grandparents' generations like told us, uh, told all of us, like, the, the older you get, the more conservative you'll get. And it's, like, our generation, like, millennials, well, how old are the oldest millennials? Like, 40 now? Yeah. Thir- I'm one and of the youngest- oldest millennials. <laughs> and I'm one of the youngest. I'm 25. Okay. I'm, like, the cutoff. And, like, we're, I feel like we're all getting more progressive and, like, more lefty the older we get now because we see the way things are crumbling around us. And the Democrats will just do nothing. Because here's
2: the difference. They think that you get more conservative the older you get because in their world, your life gets more comfortable the well, older yeah. you get. Exactly. And yeah. that's not right. our reality, you know.
1: And uh, I, you are 100 percent right. And I know this isn't what you were saying, but I'll also say that it's bullshit to get more conservative as you get older because your life gets better. That's stupid. Yeah. That means you're a bad person. No,
2: I person. agree. I 100% agree. <laughs> of course you do. Like, okay. oh, yeah. well, m- well, my life is better now, so there's nothing left to fight for. Bye, guys. <laughs> Let's keep things yeah, how they and- are right now because my life is good now, so keep it this way.
1: And it's sad to say, like, a lot of leftists are that. And I, like... I that I don't know. I mean, when things start to get better, we're going I mean, we're going to experience our generation doing that, too. And I'm hoping that it's it, like it feels very real right now. So I, I'm hoping that it's not as many people become apathetic the, or the equivalent of an apathetic Democrat. But I like I remember I was hanging out with somebody once who it was a good friend of mine and they got mad at me. That I, it was in the 2016 election. There was a, a California proposition to tax cigarettes. Every pack of cigarettes, two dollars. And I was a pack a day smoker at the time, and so it took the cost of Marlboro Lights from eight bucks to ten bucks, which is hard for me. And uh, but I voted for that tax because that money was going directly to roads and schools, and it was one of the few taxes on the ballot that was for that. And it's like, how do you vote against that? It's not. I'm the one smoking the fucking cigarettes. I'm. I might as well try to help. You yeah. Know? And uh, and this person was like, I can't believe you voted for that tax. And they're one of the most lefty people I've ever met. They were like, I didn't vote for that. And I was like, Why didn't you vote for that? And and they were like, Because I smoke. And it's like, Well, then you're full of shit.
0: Listener mistakes.
2: Okay, so we're gonna read a um a listener mistake. Uh. do you want to read this one just read the one don't read after two and we're just all going to kind of unpack it together afterwards great this is from irene fagan marrow
0: cool friend of the pod (laughs) so it says i might have cleaned up a murder scene question mark in college i used to work at this fancy hotel on the coast of maine during the summers for like eight dollars an hour it was hell, but I worked with one of my best friends, and we drank the booze people left in their rooms, which is very Blue Crush vibes. Anyway, during my first week ever, I ran into my manager in the hall, and she was like, just a heads up, room 304, room 304 we'll never forget the number, lol, has some blood in it. And I was like, that's fine, eight an hour is deaf enough to deal with blood. So I go to the room, and there was blood in the bed. Looked like someone had a heavy period. Cool put the bedding in the laundry bags and moved and moved to the bathroom. Noticed it smelled weird in there and then turned on the lights and saw blood everywhere, all in the shower, splattered behind the toilet and on the mirror. Like so much blood. (laughs) I figured my boss knew what had happened since she had clearly been in the room already. So I sighed and scrubbed that shit clean, like sparkling clean. I was in there for over an hour, just scrub-a-dub-dubbing what I believed to be human blood. (laughs) Then when I saw my manager again, I was like, hey, sorry I'm behind on my rooms right now because that blood took so long to clean up. And she was like, there was more blood besides in the bed? And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh, weird. So, like, not sure if I cleaned (laughs) up a murder scene or a miscarriage or what, but it haunts me to this day. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> okay. <shit>. what <laughs> <laughs> uh, rea- I like
2: go ahead I was just saying
0: that give me a big visual to that episode of The Handmaid's Tale in the last season where she kills Chris Maloney
2: I, I don't watch The Handmaid's Tale because I am living in a nightmare already but I <laughs> really brought me you. to
1: that
0: <laughs> I don't remember that and I've seen all of that show how many it's when she um she goes to the hotel towards the end of the last season, like the the brothel, to ask the bartender if he'll loan her his plane to get the children out. And then Chris Maloney, who plays the commander in D.C., sees her and tries to assault her, so she kills him. Oh. And then the Marthas come in in the morning and are like we're going to clean up this crime scene cuz you're a badass and then Kate Bush uh a song by Kate Bush starts playing
2: <laughs> Mika remembers this frame by frame I again. do yeah. it's a great
0: episode <laughs> she, she kills Chris Maloney with implausibly so a pen
2: I want to I wonder if Irene if this was a mistake on your part or if you like covered a good murder you know like a murder that somebody like somebody Murdered their abuser or something, and like you helped them get away with we it. We
0: find out that it was, oh, never, no, that's dark. <laughs> not even what, were, what were you gonna say? <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. Was okay, great. P- even too dark for me to say I <laughs> you know it was really dark. I, you know, I'm trans, I can say it, but yeah, edit it out, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, it's not I think one our of problem situations. was more <laughs> that
2: it
1: was just really. Fucking sh- awful to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you
0: think your brain is fucked up, Dave? I'll sure. live in mine for a day. <laughs> Five minutes really.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I that we say should that... we should guess who w- was murdered there. We should write a list. I think that's what we should do. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. This is I a wanna... Netflix
0: series waiting to happen. I think
2: that it was a I think that it was, you know, in in a TV show where like the main character like snaps and like you know kills the person that's holding them hostage but Mm. for whatever reason that means they're gonna have to go to jail now and then like they're waiting for like weeks for them to just come be collected because they know they left a like crazy crime scene behind (laughs) (laughs) and it just never comes and they're like i guess i got away with it you know that's what i'm picturing where
1: did she work was this a hotel it was a hotel i mean
2: yeah This is like
1: (laughs) This is like really shocking Like I feel like Like and I actually mean this uh, I feel like she should Tell Whoever the the (laughs) (laughs) police are in that area Just because like Someone might be researching A disappeared person Like I actually Like (laughs) truly like you should definitely Tell some authority That you cleaned up blood Because they might That might like be a missing piece in a story i don't know like wow
2: i could also if that ends up being like you know a, the missing piece in a really famous story this could be irene's like big tv credit is being on the documentary being like yeah and then i cleaned up all that blood <laughs> so irene report it if not for them for you yeah, yeah for your yeah.
0: career and your own following <laughs> wow um i think it's
2: been literally years since then so i wonder how useful that'll be to anybody but um yeah one of my favorite irene stories of all time i'm glad she wrote it in because she did tell me that once (laughs) um and i was like can we read that on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) because that is absolutely wild um so yeah. Anyway, any any last takeaways from the murder? Irene covered up.
0: Just that that like definitely was not a miscarriage, Irene. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, the splatter really yeah. does that for me. It definitely. Yeah, not I don't really know
0: how no. many
1: miscarriages involve flailing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like winging your blood all around the yeah, bathroom, the but I don't know. Mirror. I've never miscarried,
0: so a who
2: projectile kn- miscarriage.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> pregnancy, the birth scene in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my God! She covered up a Twilight birth. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it okay, was. Okay, Dave. On the note, take us away on your best mistake. Tell us why Alabama's the villain. Best mistake.
1: Um, it's not. Uh, you'll see. It's not really. I here's the thing about this story. It's going to take a second to tell, and there are going to be a, I would say at least two times where you're like. This does not sound like a mistake. <laughs> Why? When will this become a story about mistakes? Because, because it's honestly, this is one of my favorite stories to tell in stand up because it's one of my favorite things that ever happened to me that also resulted in this one, like, crazy consequence I couldn't have seen coming. I um So on my first tour, and I mean this, this is one of my favorite nights ever in stand up, but... I never could have seen that coming. It felt like it was going to be the worst. I my my first tour ever. Um, it was two months. I drove my car the entire U.S. I like went through the South out to New York uh, from L.A. and then back to L.A. through the Midwest. And it took like a month to go the South route, and then uh, a month to go back through the North route and one of the sh- shows i did i did a monday night in huntsville alabama and um and i like it's funny you know we we've like talked some shit about alabama but but i kind of don't like doing that because i've had great shows in alabama because i know now after having toured that like obviously you know there's racism in the south no one would argue that but if you're going to a comedy show in alabama uh, especially like an alti comedy show where I'm the <laughs> comedian. You, the 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 fact that you found that at all probably means you want you like you're pretty fucking liberal and you want to go mm-hmm. see something that's not the norm. You know, um, there are. It's a lot more complicated than that. I guess is what I'm saying. But I didn't no, I know agree. that.
2: Some of my favorite shows in the world are in more conservative states because of that. Because the people who come out to them are like the most lefty people in that state and they're like craving it you know
1: totally or like or or craving culture or craving something just weird or whatever you know some totally something that isn't just the uniformity of of the place um and yeah i did i it's i'm sad to admit it but it's true all i had in my brain before i tore through the south for the first time was stereotypes and i was like I was like, yep, they're going to show up at my shows with pitchforks and kill me um, because it's going to be just like high school. They're going to look at me. They're going to know that um, uh, they're going to know that I f- that I feel very feminine and they're going to punch me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're, and they're going to hate that about me. They're going to call me slurs. That's how it's going to be. And um, especially since all my material coming up in L.A. And like I said, I was like very vulnerable. Half of it was about me like pouring my heart out. The other half was about gay rights and anti-misogyny, like treat women well. I I like wondered if I was gay for a long time. I had a bunch of material about that. And uh, And I going through the South to these places I hadn't been – It's also an unideal comedy situations. I wasn't doing clubs. I was at the whim of the promoter um, because that's well, that's like the type of rooms I came up in, you know, and um, so there's a lot of like variables and at a comedy club. Honestly, there's probably more likelihood of people being conservative or or not uh, into that stuff. But there's also a system in place for telling people to shut up or you can get Mm -hmm. kicked out or whatever. So I'm nervous and I have all this material about gay rights and questioning my sexuality and stuff like that. And I was like very afraid and I was like, well, but I have to do this material. I have to every set, make sure to do the material because if I don't, I'm a coward and I don't want to conduct my life that way. That would be so fucked up. Why did I write this shit if I can't do it everywhere? That's bullshit. Mm. So, um, I, uh, I get to Huntsville, Alabama, and the venue is this bar called The Sports Page, and um, it's one big room. It's a dive bar, one huge room, and the show is free. So anyone can come, and there's no separate room for them to go into if they don't like the show. And so I know all this, having thrown shows, how that's a recipe for disaster. That's like... Mm That's just like setting me up to get screamed at because people Mm -hmm. just show up at the bar on a Monday. Why would they think there's a comedy show there? They get a little drunk. They don't like something I say. They can't leave the room and they don't have to. So they're just like, fuck you. And then no one cares. And I'm just like panicking, you know, and um, the room is fucking packed. I cannot tell you how packed it was so many people in there rowdy and wasted and there are six comedians before me on the show and i'm doing 45 to headline and close and i'm like panicking off stage i'm also like you know like i'm i'm like i said i'm terrified of fighting and in my head everybody loves to fight at bars in the south you know and uh they're gonna hate me this like uh this this fucking just this like softy who's screaming at him that he's gay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're just going to kill me. And uh, <laughs> and so but I was like, well, the the only way to cope with this, if I have this much fear, is to just wade directly into them. And all the comics before me were having a tough time because they were rowdy. So I walked on stage and I just started screaming at them to shut up. And I started screaming at, at them to shut up while saying, I'm from L.A. I don't give a fuck about you. I'm fucking gay. I'll <laughs> suck your dick. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. And I like, I'm like, i just like screaming <laughs> my my intense liberal beliefs and screaming how soft I am and how feminine I am and how this is going to be like this. And they loved it. They like loved it. And they're, they're like hooting and hollering at me and they're yelling Roll Tide and War Eagle. And I'm like, fuck you. I went to USC go Trojans suck my dick I'll fuck any of you I don't care like just really and it it got to a point where I had like we we really it's one of my favorite shows I've ever done uh we I we worked into this rhythm where they were just with me and uh and I could just be like all right shut up shut the fuck up shut up I'm gonna do a fucking bit and then I would do a bit And they would be quiet. And then as the bit moved on, they would laugh. And as they laughed more, they would get rowdier and they would start hooting and hollering again. And then by the end, people are standing up and clapping and laughing and yelling Roll Tide. And I'm telling them to fucking shut up and sit down and I'll fight them in the parking lot. And then I would be like, all right, shut up. I'm going to do another bit. It was it was beautiful. Like literally (laughs) one of my favorite moments of the show is I'm yelling Go Trojans, which is objectively. That's probably the biggest risk I took. The. Now, no, looking back, knowing how people are people and people are generally accepting of what you say, if you're looking at them and saying it, uh, especially in a situation like that in Alabama, the only really dangerous thing to say is probably go Trojans, <laughs> mm-hmm. like because I'm yelling go Trojans and they're yelling ro- roll tide, which is Alabama football and War Eagle, which is Auburn football. And I remember very specifically me yelling at them, people yelling Roll Tide, other people yelling War Eagle. And this one guy yells, go Gators! And someone just shoved him off his bar stool. <laughs> they were like nodding, you can't like Florida football tonight, I guess. And uh, So it's such a great, like an amazing show filled with such energy that I got a standing ovation And I don't think I ever have actually gotten a stand. I think maybe some version of it has happened to me other times that I'm not remembering, but like, it was like, I'm like, I love you guys. Thank you so much. This was one of my favorite nights of my life. And they all just like shot to their feet and they were clapping and screaming. And I walked off my pay for the night was 200 bucks. It was a free show. The bartender paid me $300. He loved it so much. I later found out that so my promotional photo that I used for that entire tour was a picture of me wearing a shirt that said legalize gay. And they posted that on the Facebook page for their um for their bar. And I guess the guy had gotten some calls that day from people that are like, Hey, what's this fucking gay comedy bullshit you got? And every single person who called, he was like, Fuck you, never come to my bar again and hung up the phone. Oh
0: and my so God. totally.
1: And then so yeah, it just turns out it was like <laughs> Everyone there was cool and great, and uh, (laughs) and so afterward, people like line up to meet me. I have this poster that Dave Clock made of a cat smoking a cigarette with my name on it, (laughs) and uh, one guy walked up and he was like, "Hey, give me a poster." And very similarly, I'm like, comedy was very much for me like working through a lot of like difficulty with masculinity and like fear of masculinity, but also like forcing myself to. To like be assertive. And so similarly to the way that I like gathered uh, courage at the beginning of the set, the guy was like, give me a poster. And I was like, don't let him walk all over you, Dave. (laughs) I I was like, "Um, you can buy one. Uh, Whereas normally in the past, I'd be like, yes, sir, you can have anything. (laughs) Um, And he goes, I, I was like, you could pay for one. And he goes, how much are they? And he's rolling his eyes. And I was like, God, this guy's a dick, man. I, and I was like, they're five bucks. He gives me five bucks, takes the poster, walks all the way around the bar, has everyone in the bar, sign the poster, comes back to me and hands me the poster and says, I just wanted you to remember us. Oh, my God. And I was like, ah, can I give you your five dollars back? And he's like, no, dude, it's fine. I, I would love to support you. And so I have that poster framed in my house.
2: Oh my gosh, that's beautiful.
1: Yes, truly beautiful, and I think my favorite show I've ever done. The only reason that's a mistake is that now the city of Huntsville thinks I like to get yelled at. (laughs) 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 So so the, the 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 next time I went to do a show at Huntsville I made sure it was at the Page worked with the same guy who I still love and still uh, am in contact with the booker. He's uh he's a really funny you comic. Still
2: make sure you say like provocative things on your posters for your shows there for him to get yelled at.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's some different political like broad strokes <laughs> political statement every time. Um I uh yeah, it, he yeah, so I work with the same. His name's Scott Eason. He's a, he's a really funny comedian in Huntsville. Still runs shit there. And he, I remember the next show was so different. It was so intensely different. You know, you can never like, I who knows what combined to make that amount of people be there that night. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like sometimes I've, I I have so many times I've gone to a place and been somehow able to like fill that room up. And then the next time I go, that amount of people did not care. <laughs> uh, and so, and it's not a statement about the city or the venue or my comedy or me or the place. It's just like, that's what touring is like. Sometimes it's like that, you know? And so yeah. way less people came the next time. It was about a third full, the bar. And, uh, And there were just – there were people that came to see me, and I remember them from the show, and they were kind, and I was happy to see them. And we had drinks, and we talked shit, and then I got on stage, and they were just like, hey, fuck you, and they're just like yelling at me. And it doesn't work if the bar's a third full and the energy isn't – like I'm not afraid anymore. I don't have the kinetic energy of a person filled with anxiety. I just was – feeling the love of the town that I like. And I went up there and I was just going to do my jokes. And I'm sure I would have talked to them a little, but it was like aggression from them right away. (laughs) Scott, the bookers sitting in the front row and just every like five minutes, he's like, Hey, shut the fuck up. Shut up. (laughs) And then after the set, these two guys came up to me and they were like, hey, man, we loved you last time. And we came here because we know that you love to get heckled. And I was like, (laughs) I don't. I really don't. That was the best night of my life. It was also the most scared I've ever been. I would much yeah. rather have an even keeled evening with some nice laughs and a couple handshakes. You, know? <laughs> you can only have a fucking uh, full blown panic attack that results in a standing ovation once or twice in your life.
2: Yeah. And it's probably not going to happen at the same place. Lightning doesn't yeah. strike twice.
1: Totally. And it really does. Like it really especially doesn't work in a in a empty room. Like you, I mean, you know, you just can't get a crowd moving if they're not all packed in close to each other. The shows are just it's just different. It can still be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just more intimate and it's harder to get those kinds of laughs going. So it has to be more chill just by nature of there being less energy in the room.
2: One of the one of the hardest times I've ever killed in a situation where I it was like I was fully set up for failure was I was headlining a room in Arizona that was like way too big for the number of people that came and sure. also I was a year into comedy and shouldn't have been headlining this show and there was like way too many people before me like it was too long of a show and so it was like not only are there only 10 people in this like conference hall sized room but you just watched like six to ten other comedians like bomb their faces (laughs) off to you guys and now I have to do 45 minutes it was like absolutely crazy and I kind of did the exact same thing you did but in in that situation where I just like yelled at them (laughs) i yelled at them to participate and i was like this is my first time headlining and like on the road and you guys are gonna like it and you're gonna come to the front row (laughs) everybody in the back is coming up front and like oh and the the other thing that was super high stakes about this show is that my ex-boyfriend who i had not seen since we broke up and who had moved to arizona since we broke up that's the show he came to see even though i had like four shows in arizona that week and he came to that one of course, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> God damn so I, I do beg to differ that sometimes a small crowd, you really can harness that energy, but you need the same <laughs> amount of fear. You need sure. the same amount of fear and you didn't have it. <laughs> but I did. That's true. My ex right. was there and he was judging. <laughs> so, I did. So I did have a, a work a st- with what you got.
1: I had something like that happen. It wasn't fear I had. I was, like, filled with, like, despair and anguish at one show because I, in Pittsburgh, the first time I ever did stand-up in Pittsburgh, I had just seen my grandmother, uh, and it was the last time I saw her before she died, and it was, she had become, like, she was in in, uh, basically a vegetative state, so, like, she couldn't talk, she could only squeeze my finger, and she's, like, uh, perfect to me. She was always, she was the one I loved the most, and so it was, like. I just like went and had my heart broken and then I went yeah. and did a bar show in Pittsburgh that didn't have a lot of people there, but it's soy it and I'm like laying into them that way and i I bring it up because of this I very distinctly remember this crowd not really entirely vibing with what I was doing um, and at one point I looked at them and I just I just looked at this crowd and I said, I don't give a fuck about any of you <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> just like, I just like, it's like, I think the meanest, most dismissive I've ever been on stage, but I didn't tell them why. I didn't tell them how I felt. I was just like, I don't give a fuck about any of you. <laughs> <laughs> and even these people that like had been heckling me, they were like, damn. <laughs> And then um, this comic, who's really good, who I'm still buddies with, went up after me and just destroyed. Oh my god, that's the worst too. When you think it's the room and someone just does it, and you're like, oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Wait, was it was it the like main? What is that place called in Pittsburgh? John John Dick Winter's place.
1: Oh, it wasn't that place. It was too long ago. That hadn't opened yet.
2: Okay. He. Never mind. I was gonna say the one time I I performed there and there was almost no people in the crowd and I had like it was like a two you know, there were two shows back to back and everyone stayed, you know, for both shows, which was weird.
1: Shit. So yeah. So
2: I like had to just do different material and I didn't really have that much else prepared because I was working on new stuff. So for the second show I just talked at them about how being in Pittsburgh made me felt feel like I was in This Is Us on NBC. Uh. <laughs> and they were like, We don't We don't get that. Like, they were all people who don't watch that show. (laughs) And I still just talked to them about Mandy Moore the whole time. And then I got off stage with not one laugh.
0: (laughs) I did once end my own show early, because the crowd sucks so much, (laughs) and, like, told them. I was like, yeah, you guys fucking suck, so I'll be at the bar. Um, Bye. Like, I ended the show, like, 15 minutes early. I was like, bye, because not a single person was laughing or smiling. But then when I walked off, like... Not There were like 15 people there and like 9 out of the 15 came up to me to tell me how hilarious I had been. And I yeah. was like, what the... F- fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. I, I told one of them, I was like, great, next time you're at a comedy show, please laugh if you think that someone is doing a great job.
2: Yeah. It was very yeah. strange. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. That's- also the first time I did comedy on Coke, so that also a- really added to my mood.
2: <laughs> you were like, fuck this. Yeah, I was like, I'll be down. At the bar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go do wow. bad Coke in the bathroom because I'm a glamorous comedian.
2: <laughs> show business,
0: baby. Sh- That's show business. Man, I wonder uh, about that a lot. The
1: Those people that think it's funny but don't laugh. I really... I don't know what to do with that. So <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird.
0: I was like, what, do you, what the fuck do you mean? And I had just started doing comedy, so I was like, is this what crowds are always like? And then obviously not, because the next night, people were laughing really hard. So I was yeah. like, I guess I just got... Oh, weird. And it was, like, a crowd of, like, white women in their, like, 60s and 70s. Mm. Mm. Because that was, like, my fan base in my hometown were, like, old white women who'd bring, like, their faggy grandsons who were, like, you should hear this girl's talk joke. Um, Like, would bring their, like... Half out of the closet mm-hmm. grandkids to yeah, my yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they thought that I was hilarious mm-hmm. but like, then
2: they get home from your show later and they're like, so anything you want to yes. talk
0: about <laughs> <laughs> But they wow. just didn't laugh. It was so weird. It was it was very disconcerting. I yeah, will, I
1: mean, can I take a guess at the pe- who the people were that didn't laugh? if and um, tell me if I'm wrong, but this fr- this from my own experience, were they like young cool people? And I, the word cool I use loosely, but young people who think they're cool. Is that who it was that wasn't laughing? Or was that no. also old ladies?
0: No, it was just – like that night was pretty much only – it was a majority of like old wi- older really? and old women. They were the ones not laughing. Oh, the okay. young people that were there were the ones that were laughing. But there weren't that many.
1: The reason I <laughs> ask like, that is this. that my show in L.A. is like – it's in a cool neighborhood at a cool place. And the word cool, I think you know what I mean. It's like uh, hip yeah. or whatever. And uh, I'm not really. I'm whatever. I'm somewhere in there. But I'm not like a hip person. And neither is Matt, who I run it with. And so it's not like that's some sort of fan base I have. But the show does have it a little. And it's. I've always thought it was so funny. Like We get all types of people at our shows. And we have a great crowd who are like into it, who are like forgiving but also it's not easy like you have to actually do well you know you actually have to try um Mm -hmm. but i can almost guarantee you when someone shows up with a fucking floppy hat or like (laughs) or like fucking um like face tattoos but you know not from having a difficult life you
0: know
1: (laughs) um i'm like this person's gonna suck i can almost guarantee it and there's because maybe this isn't a thing In New York or where you're from, but I like, there's this thing in LA where it feels like people go to comedy because it's cool to go to comedy now, but it's also for a certain portion of that population, not cool to laugh or they don't think it's funny or they just think it's cool to be there or I don't understand it, but it's just this certain brand of like hip person that, uh, it's like, we should go to comedy. We love it. And then they sit there and they just fucking stare at you and,
0: uh, I don't know I can't yeah, but it's I th- not their I fault I feel like they're
2: they're like they're consuming comedy more than they're enjoying yeah, it. like
0: a fucking art critic. It's so annoying. Yeah, they're you know, trying to like, leave. you know, they're <laughs> trying
2: to like decide mm. how, what they think about it more than they are like having a good time.
0: Right. Which I'm like, that's fine. If you're going to do that, that's fine. But like be out of my view. Yeah, be yeah, in the back. In
2: the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back.
0: Uh, like in a chair. Like, please don't stand. I don't need to see you. <laughs> that was not my experience. I mean, I started doing stand-up in my hometown, which is Providence, Rhode Island, and there aren't cool people there. Um, oh, And also oh, there's man. like, and there's also... <laughs> wow. No comedy scene. Like, <laughs> there is like one comedy festival that I heard about once I had moved to New York that I had never heard about living in Providence. Because I they don't...
2: don't book Rhode Island comedy. No, but I,
0: like, I had never, like, no to even go yeah, like totally. I had never heard it's like in Newport I don't know Rogue,
2: Rogue wow. Island that's comedy what it Festival? is yeah,
0: yeah. Um oh, Rogue Island right and like and right. the comedy scene I was plugged into in Providence were like really bad open mics at bars on a Thursday night <laughs> and it was like a lot of white guys telling like rape jokes and like sure. calling women bitches and cunts sure, so, sure, sure. you know
2: comedy I yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I did not experience the uh, I didn't come up in like a typical comedy scene really sure I mean, actually, I think you did come up in a typical comedy scene. Yeah,
2: that's a pretty typical comedy scene.
0: But it's just not a New York or mm. L.A. experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. which are not typical mm. comedy I just, scenes. like, th- there was no one, like, I didn't... Mm. I never, like, bu- I booked two people on a show that I did, like, right before I moved to Rhode Island, and I only, like, they weren't even comedians. They were just, like, people who I thought were funny who were, like, in the performing arts. Yeah. Wow, that, like, yeah. emceed and someone did... You know, it was, like... I don't, well, I don't I, know. personally,
1: I'm not uh, surprised. I've never performed in Providence, so it's not like I can have an opinion about their comedy scene at all, and I don't claim to. But I will say that um, Providence, specifically Providence, uh, is I, – I think unequivocally I can say it's the most white trash place I've ever been. <laughs> no, you're weird. definitely right. I, I'm from Greenwood Lake, New York, <laughs> where like – Everyone dies of cocaine. Like, every, it's the poorest. It's a scary, aggressive, macho, conservative place. An hour north of New York City in New York is very difficult. And the people I love who are from there, we're all like, thank God we got out. But, um, but I, I went to Providence and I was like, damn, dude. Like, <laughs>
0: everybody's wearing a Patriots jersey. Like, oh,
1: everybody. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, there's like a scene of, like,
0: four queer people with mullets and shaved heads, but, like, that's it. Like,
1: yeah, man, and it's a real city. That's what's wild. Yeah. It's, like, if it were a little bit of a... If only 10,000 people lived there, it'd be like, okay, sure, that makes sense that culture didn't find its way, but there's no... <laughs> there's no punk scene, there's no nothing. Like... <laughs>
2: people <laughs>
1: skip providence portland maine 40,000 people live there and it's like it's like one of the most cultured places i've ever been and it's beautiful and and you Where know boston is like when did i go to portland uh, no to providence oh like uh 4 years ago or something okay. i have a lot of family that are like I have a, a certain like a portion of my family is like hubbed around Boston, and that's how some okay. of them ended up in Portland. Some of them are in Salem. It's funny too because Boston's like not
0: great. It's you know it's 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 what people no, say. It's Boston aggressive. is like where I would go to get hate crimed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I wanted to get murdered but, for being trans <laughs> oh and go hang out in Back Bay. <laughs> wow, ever, I've never. If heard you want to talk about that? Patriot jerseys, oh my God, Boston but is like the say most white trash.
1: But Boston, it still has the big city thing where I can, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've probably been there way more than me, but I like elite, like in Boston, I can find good comedy. <laughs> I can find good music and stuff. Whereas in Providence, I was like, I feel like I'm going to die.
0: I, uh... <laughs> Listen, you need to go to one place in Providence if you want any good shows. It's AS220. That's the only place that'll give my stamp of approval. But AS220. it's weird because it's. It's one venue that all of the scenes, like, kind of flock around. So it's like, you want sure. a punk show? AS220. Mm-hmm. You want a comedy show? You want someone who's, like, doing a loop pedal show? Well, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> a lot of those have problems. <laughs> you go to AS220. But it's, like, one place. And then it's like, if you want to see anyone who's famous perform, you go to a place called the Columbus, and that's it. It's a, it's a strange wow. place to try to be a performer which is why I don't live there.
1: Moral of
2: the story. So what yes. do we feel like the moral of these stories is for <laughs> us? How do we wrap this all up in a bow?
0: I mean, I would say the moral of your story, Dave, is uh, be more intentional. Be, be Be more, I think, be more like assertive and intentional with how you want people to treat you, I guess, because if you like if you give people an inch they're gonna take a mile that would be that's my yeah, opinion I agree with of that, that scenario
1: that's that is absolutely true though I'll also say this I am very grateful for that experience, and so I guess like I guess it was like a little bit of an unfair story to tell because in the grand scheme of things I don't think it was a mistake i think I think the mistake I made was less um opening myself up to that level of interpretation, which, like, you know, I, I don't mean to shut you down because you are right. Like, I no, definitely down, set myself up for that. And and watching that in life is definitely a good idea. And so, yeah, that is one lesson. But then another is, like, uh, happiness is fleeting and you can't <laughs> temper your expectations, you know what I mean? Just because, so, like, I think, yeah, I think the mistake I really made was... Um, expecting it to be that again.
2: Yeah, yeah. you can't like bottle up one experience mm-hmm. and like pour yourself a glass of it whenever you want. It's, totally, it has to just happen.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh,
2: and legalize gay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, make gay illegal again. <laughs> uh, so I know the
2: white the white gays are getting too confident. I'll All the that. guys.
0: that's when we lived in a traditional country (laughs) you know yeah yeah and maybe if
2: you clean up a murder scene report it (laughs) no totally like I I still think
1: that that she should report it (laughs) I think that she should right now I like that is a truly shocking (laughs) story (laughs) to hear. who
2: knows maybe she did report it and just didn't tell us about it
0: I mean fuck the cops but also please report that because some mother in like Mm -hmm. To Attleboro, Massachusetts <laughs> is wondering where her missing daughter is.
2: Do you, have, what, what, you got podcasts. You got things to plug. Tell us your things.
1: Yeah, I have two podcasts. I have a podcast called Good Heroin where I I do, I don't know, b- b- different bits. It's just a comedy show. I interview people. We do bits. I do my own shit. And then I have a another show with Caleb Signing called What's It Called that's really stupid. Like, I like Good Heroin, but What's It Called is... It's, like, my favorite. We, every week, we come up with a new name for the podcast, and then we just, we don't call it that, though. (laughs) That's the concept. We come up with a podcast, and then we don't start that podcast. That's all the show is. It's so stupid. Um, And I have, you know, merch, and I am, like, on social media and stuff, and kind of what I tell people lately is uh, I... If you like me, if you think I'm funny, I really appreciate support. We are all broke. So, uh, doing it by following on social media or liking stuff is good. Or if you want to do it with money, you can buy albums or stream stuff or whatever. And kind of that's how I feel about everything. Like, I hope that you are su- going out of your way to support those that you like more than ever, but also. All types of support, help, monetary or otherwise, uh, because we are all clearly in this together. Just us. Now more than uh, ever. Yeah, you're, you're, now more than ever. You
2: have the beginning ramblings of someone who's about to start an OnlyFans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that for you. Uh, you're like, anything I, helps if you want to support uh, monetarily is fine. I know you're not actually going to. I'm not. You don't need to, You don't need to respond. Yeah, you know what's funny, <laughs> though? I talked to you about <laughs> in any this. In kind of way. You did talk to me about
1: More this. than three. It, well, three that I can remember, but I think it's more than three. And this has never happened to me before um numerous gay men have been like do you have an only <laughs> uh <laughs> which is really interesting i don't know why now i don't know well what... because
2: everybody has only fans now oh so i guess everyone's that's like, why. okay so who else can i see naked that I i've always see. wanted to see I naked see, I
1: see. yeah 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 it's I like asking someone one. if
2: they're on tiktok you know like i just sure. want to see so- want to see more of your stuff <laughs> wow <laughs> that's funny
1: that's true it is just another type of social media now yep that's so interesting <laughs> <laughs> Huh.
2: Um, well yeah well, that's they, me
1: my website's davetotheross.com and you
0: can find links to all that shit there
2: how freaking yeah can we
0: bleep out everything that he plugged
2: <laughs> we're like well, we'll unbleep your plugs when you start a only OnlyFans
0: <laughs> can we please bleep out white trash so no one knows what we're actually saying I think that would be so funny thank
2: you dave Um, this has been great
0: this was so fun thank you guys for having me i hope you don't
2: feel bad anymore (laughs) i don't i felt bad
1: and now i feel good
2: yay yay well this has been an absolute treat um and it's been so great to talk to you yeah it's been way too
1: long i miss you too i look forward to um It seems like the timing of all this, fingers crossed, you know, everything's been so fucked up, but it feels like the timing of all this, the way the vaccine is rolling out and herd immunity is that uh, the first um, live show touring type thing it makes sense to do is is fast. I know. I'm so excited. And I can't wait
2: to see you and fucking go Gators. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I can't did, wait to see you in Gainesville.
1: It did occur to me, though, that like if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, Fest is a punk festival once a year Halloween weekend in Gainesville, Florida. And know, it's beautiful right? it's and great. It's
2: so fun. And we do it every year.
1: The reason that it's so great is that the entire city of Gainesville goes to wherever the fuck Florida they go to State is. They to an away game. Yeah. But the thing that occurred to me today is that because of COVID live shows might be back, but stadium football might not be back. Oh, you're
2: right. So
1: Fest might be happening while all the rednecks are there.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the reason Gainesville, Florida... Well, I. you know, I don't want to trash Gainesville, Florida, no, but it's great. the reason that we have a great time as a bunch of punks mm-hmm. just running amok in Gainesville is because nobody who lives in Gainesville <laughs> is usually still there that yeah. weekend. Um, so this might be the year we find out what it's like when we're all together in a city. We're all yeah, forced we'll see. to share the city together either to way it'll a, be fun i mean notch. i've been to gainesville no, you're just gonna come i'll get i'll get nika on as a performer <laughs> oh, yeah that'd we'll, be great well yeah okay thanks mom
0: <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. as, as my talent manager
2: <laughs> <laughs> i've
1: also been to gainesville during not fest and had great a great show so i, I love it, florida yeah it's uh it's well like we were talking about before like people who who want to go to shows are like fucking into it in florida mm-hmm. i uh at least to my experience, Comics Who started in Florida will tell you a different story. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm so Hell excited. Yeah. I'm excited at the like, because that's, yeah, Fest is like my favorite in every way. Yeah, me too. So it's to come back, I'm going to like book a tour around it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. So I'll hopefully see you then.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having I mean- me. And keep in touch, pal. Yeah, don't same. be a stranger. But I'll yeah. see you at Fest. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Right. I'll see
0: you in the months. All right, Dave.
2: Months. Um, This was great. Just uh, drop the audio in that folder I sent you, if you don't mind. You got mind. it. You got and it. you're uh, a, a treat and a delight. <laughs> you're a loser. Bye. <laughs> and you suck. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you guys so much. See ya.